1: i never did send it but i drafted a letter similar to that that i was going to send to energy star for that exact same purpose and i wrote you know i started it out with you know you're going to your friend's house for dinner and they have this cheesy chicken manicotti that you finished finished <laughs> 30 minutes in the only bathroom is you know the little half bath that's right next to um, yeah. the
0: living room the kitchen. with the
1: hardwood floors and this one happens to have the two inch undercut And you turn on the fan, (laughs) and it's a Panasonic fan.
2: (laughs) That's the ultimate commercial right there. That's the
0: best. (laughs) And all of us building people walk in and go, (laughs) When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B. This is where we talk home improvement, healthy homes, interior design, anything between the fences every single week. Thanks for joining us. Caroline's in the studio here with me, and we've got a special guest in the we- studio today. All right, Caroline?
2: We do have a special guest, one of my favorite people, and I haven't gotten a chance to see him or talk to him in a while, so it's very nice that he's here with us.
0: All right, Russell Pope, Panasonic, welcome to Around Woo-hoo! the House, our friend. Thank you very much. I'm glad to join you guys. I know that
1: Caroline and I've been trying to connect to do something like this, so it, it's exciting to get together and
0: talk about new things. Yeah. You got it. Well, I yeah. have been a, uh, I've been a purveyor of your products for a long time because, uh, as a kitchen and bath designer, I've been using them for geez over a decade. I, it, I was using it in Seattle so early. We only found one place that I could get them through. You know, so it was that kind of. Kind of place early on. I was an early adopter, but uh, (laughs) for somebody that enjoyed a quiet fan that moved a lot of air, it made my life as a designer very easy. Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) And I've been using them as well without dating myself because us ladies don't like to date ourselves, but I've been using (laughs) Whisper fans for a very, very long time. So So three or four um, years at least then. Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple months. (laughs) (laughs) Just a handful. Just a handful.
0: So, so Russell, let's talk about what makes – start just dive right into bath fans here for a minute. And I don't also always use them in the bathroom as well, but what makes those things different? Because uh, I tell you what, there's not too many things like it in the industry.
1: Yeah, so it all started, like you mentioned, several years ago when we realized there was a need for quiet fans because people just didn't like that helicopter in the bathroom that – seemed to not do a lot of anything except make noise and collect dust. So we we recognized (laughs) that need and started making the really quiet fans. So we pretty much led the industry with those super quiet fans and then followed that with the energy efficiency that you're seeing now With, with most of the bathroom fans in the higher end category that certainly mostly all that Panasonic makes and most of what our competitors make are all DC motor technologies that are very energy efficient, as well as being extra quiet.
0: See, that's great. And Caroline, you you are such a a, a speaker of healthy homes and ventilation, is such a key to that.
2: Yeah, of course. And and we like it. We joke around though. Like in our last episode, we were talking about we miss. I miss, right? The loud fan, right? What was the reason we were talking about, tell them about your app that you've designed. See, like when women go into the bathroom, I'm sorry, we can say this on the show. Right. I don't want people to hear me doing my business. And your fan is so quiet that I feel like people can. So Eric came up with a really good idea to sort of counteract that.
0: Yeah, so I want you guys to create a smart fan with a speaker in it with an app. So -hmm. you can go in there and make a noise of like a truck going down in front of the house or a helicopter going overhead, or an airplane, or something like that, that would maybe take care of that privacy for a minute, but still give them a quiet fan. You
1: know, it's funny, (laughs) I wrote a, I I never did send it, but I drafted a letter similar to that, that I was going to send to Energy Star for that exact same purpose. And I wrote, you know, I started it out with, you know, you're going to your friend's house for dinner, and they have this cheesy chicken manicotti that you finished, about 30 minutes in, the only bathroom is... You know, the little half bath that's right next to the hardwood floors. And this one happens to have the two inch undercut and you turn on the fan <laughs>
2: and it's a Panasonic fan.
0: <laughs> that's the ultimate commercial
2: right there. That's,
0: like, that's the best. And all of us building people walk in and go. No! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but it's uh it, it is kind of a unintended consequence that you do want that noise sometimes so we'll have to come up with sometimes something.
2: right yeah we just yeah. need an app for like personal time
1: yeah
0: see right off my kitchen i'll tell you a personal story here without being too personal uh we have a a powder room just off the just off the entry right off the kitchen 1977 house and i still have The original brand X, and I won't name it a name because I'm always nice, (laughs) but it's just this little box that's up in the ceiling that was the builder grade version of the house. And Julie will not let me swap that out because we have a bidet toilet seat in there. And she goes, I don't want to hear water running in there knowing what somebody's doing. (laughs) So we
2: just announced new technology that we all need. So we're putting that in with you, Russell. You know,
0: just (laughs) okay. Yeah. Just an
2: app. Yep. We just need an app.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, have a, we have technology that'll solve that right. for you. So. <laughs> so humidity is a big thing and controlling humidity with your fans is one of the many things that, that work well in a bathroom, a laundry, or even a garage. What's the best way to do that with a Panasonic fan? So the short answer is it depends.
1: And that's what a lot of the <laughs> building, if there's any building scientists listening to it today, they're going to be like, that's the right answer. Because it depends on the climate zone a lot, right? Sure. And the house construction. So certainly in most homes and always in events where there's a bathroom where you're going to be taking a hot shower, a Panasonic fan with a condensation sensor is always a good idea because you're, you know, you're sensing that there is a change in humidity level that's relatively quick. And, you know, you want to exhaust that extra air during that event. Um, And, there is some difference between the Panasonic condensation sensor and some of the other ones that are humidity sensors. They're just a set point, but ours actually has some algorithms. So if it climbs quickly, even if it doesn't go above the set point that the fan has, or it was already above the set point, that quick rise in humidity is going to trigger the fan to turn on, which is what what you really want. Now, what you want to... And Eric,
2: just to... Oh, sorry, ahead. Russell, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just to explain to our listeners, because some people, right, are DIY people and they don't, they don't understand the difference. So it's built into the fan. So it automatically, when you have the fan, how does the fan regulate it, right? Are you using a switch, a wall mount switch, or how would you prefer that they install that when they're doing a DIY project?
1: So that one would be, uh, there's a couple of different ways, but you would typically want the power to always be on to that fan so that if you... If your teenager was in there or you had a guest that used the house or somebody that, that doesn't necessarily always turn on the fan when they take a shower, it does it automatically. So you would want to provide right. constant power to that fan. Now, most of the products also have a secondary switch. We call it just a signal wire. So if mm-hmm. you're using the bathroom for things like we talked about earlier and you want odor control <laughs> or you know, <laughs> you know another yep. purpose, then you would turn on the switch to turn on the fan when there wasn't a, a humidity event that you would want to
0: exhaust for.
2: I'm surprised yeah, you didn't play sense. my boom, Eric. You didn't do my boom. Uh, you know, I
0: can't use that joke twice so in the good, same show. Though.
2: Russell didn't get that. <laughs> he has a sound effect for my bathroom issue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do, and it works. You know, uh, okay, fine. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: But you mentioned the other locations, Eric, that are really important and we're seeing more Mm -hmm. often, too, are the garages, laundry rooms, those other types of places. Uh, We were working a little bit with the Indoor Air Plus programs and some of the new things that they're looking to do in the new Energy Star Indoor Air Plus is to add things like garage ventilation. Um, And it's important, really, right? You know, you're parking your car in the garage and it can off gas for a half hour or more. You know, they do tell you that you can completely separate the garage if you put a good seal on the door. But let's be realistic. How long will no, that no, 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 seal last, you know?
2: Yeah. Yep. I, I test garages, and that's one of the biggest indicators, and especially out of Canada with the amount of benzene that you're getting off a car. Mm-hmm. that It increases the cancer risk tremendously by having an attached garage. So th- to have a fan, to have a vent ch- fan, that's a necessity, 100%. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story that I and I I use this. I'm a speaker for the National Association of Home Builders. On their uh, this year, I'll be on the home technology stage. But I ran into this before last year's speech that I did, and I was out walking the dog in the neighborhood. And we have a brand new house, uh, three car garage that has those really cool glass garage doors, you know. And I'm in Portland, Oregon, where we get a lot of rain. And the couple had come home, parked both their cars in the garage. (laughs) They'd been there for three or four hours, and you could see, like a shower door, the water running down the inside of the garage door. Well, they have shelves, storage, all the stuff that you would normally see in someone's garage. And I'm walking by going, oh, i got to take a picture of that for my presentation. (laughs) But they've got a serious humidity issue where it's so humid in there and it's condensing on the garage door that's cold and it's just putting water back in there. And anytime you pull in with snow or rain, and you've got a very tight house where that garage is part of that envelope, you could have a huge problem with that. And ventilation is one of the only cures.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, you know, if it's a, in any instance, it can happen, but it's even worse if you've got a bonus room or something that's above the garage and additional space. So What's they yeah, doing? and Caroline, yeah. I'm with you. I, I like the idea of having a separate garage um, yeah. and have it, have it detached. You know, at my house, I do have indoor air quality sensors and I notice when I cut the grass, I've got a riding lawnmower and
2: right. It goes right off, right? It, it sets yeah, the VOC, the TVOCs off the charts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it used to get really bad when I would park it in. Cause it, I've got kind of like a carriage style. It's a, like a two and a half car yeah. garage underneath. And then the living space is upstairs, <laughs> just a little two bedroom, one bath. But when I would park that riding lawnmower in the garage, it would take a lot longer for that. You know, I would have it pouring into air for the next eight hours. So I got in the habit mm-hmm. of I would always park the riding lawnmower outdoors for at least six or eight hours before I pulled it back into the garage.
2: Did you notice when, so if you gave it that exhaust time outside, it did help oh, absolutely. tremendously to drop the vehicle? Yeah, That's interesting. So just from the heated, the motor, you know, and all the combustion coming off of that for an extended period of time, that just shows you how long these volatile organics can hang in the air. That's yeah. incredible, actually.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, and the same thing happens with the car, too. I mean, the lawnmower is a, a small microcosm. You got a little tiny one there. You pull in with your F-250 truck that's got 100,000 <laughs> yeah. miles and it's got a little little oil on the engine, that kind of stuff, and it's at operating temperature you've got a bigger situation. yeah. Or you, or the wintertime, yeah. you leave
1: it in there to warm it up. Even if you open the garage door, oh. you still have, you know, you, you still have problems. You know, the hot goes to cold. You've got the, it's, uh, you still have air movement, which which has right. serious potential problems.
2: And I don't think with so new I- building construction, because of convenience too, Eric, and I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but I think no. I don't, you know, the old time houses, That's where the detached garage was, right? You know, people didn't mind walking 20 feet to get to their car. Now, it seems that we're never going to go in that direction, even though Canada is kind of leading the front and saying, look, we're not going to put an attached garage on anymore. I just don't see Americans doing that, right? They want this convenience. So that makes for you a a good position to be in, I think, for marketing and buying power and everything else, because they need it. There's no way around it.
0: Well, in, our, in you know, in a lot of cities across the U.S. right now, they're trying to get increased density on smaller lots to put more homes in into tighter places. So I think it's going to be even harder with some of the zoning laws and stuff out there to actually put those detached garages on because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, it just takes more land to do it. And when you've got a little tiny postage stamp lot, yeah, forget there's it. a forget lot it. less choices that you have with that. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, you definitely want to create some negative pressure in that space to prevent it from getting into your living space. And um,
0: so I got a question for you, Russell, is it and Caroline, you too. Is there a point that you might be better off putting an ERV in that garage just to handle the garage? Probably not, Um, unless Mm -hmm. there was a lot of
1: other activities that you were doing in that garage, unless it was shared space, like you were using it for an art studio or something like that the other time. Typically, you mm-hmm. wouldn't want to because you are—you're um, really just wanting to get the contaminated air out of there, and you're typically not heating or cooling that space anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: True, okay. I agree. Good point. Good point. Interesting that I see this across the country. You know, we have different laws in different areas. Like here in Portland, Oregon, where I'm at, where you know, kitchen ventilation is required, bathroom is, uh, laundry is. Uh, Those are all required places, but across the country, there's a lot of areas that don't require, if there's a window in the bathroom, they go, ah, you're good enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the wild west. And (laughs) it is. And there are places that have codes that aren't enforced because they're overwhelmed with, uh, you know, other things, the code officials. So we really have to rely on getting the messaging out that how important the indoor air quality is and the things that can make a difference. And the What else are you guys,
2: yeah, and what, you know, I know we're talking about obviously bathroom fans right now, but what else does Panasonic have on the platform as far as indoor air quality concerns and what other issues can our customers and and clients and um, listeners like look to Panasonic for as far as indoor air quality?
1: So we are recognizing, we used to always say dilution is the solution. So the way to improve your indoor air quality was always just to exhaust air to the outdoors and then bring in fresh air from outside. Well, you know, like you just mentioned, Eric, it's it's not always best. You know, you've got houses <clears throat> built in condensed spaces. You've got heavy traffic close. Sometimes it's not best to bring in air from the outdoors. So we're really starting to focus more, Caroline, on on treating the individual symptoms, I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, really you need an indoor air quality umbrella policy. And under that umbrella, (laughs) right? You need to, you need to be concerned about VOCs. You need to be concerned about particulate matter. You need to be concerned about odors, moisture, and now, you know, the bigger concern of viruses that those are things that you should be concerned with. So you need to develop an indoor air quality strategy. That's that umbrella of coverage that addresses all of those different things. So when we're looking at more products, we're getting more into the energy recovery ventilators so that you are recovering some of the energy that you're exhausting. You're, you're not having to spend as much money heating and cooling. Although I always advocate health is always more important than energy Conservation. Russell, there you
0: go.
2: That's why I love Russell. (laughs) For the win. He cares about our house. It was
0: built in the nineties. It was like this Seattle thing, and it had like (laughs) probably one of the first ERV things that you've ever seen out there. It had the big round wheel uh, wheel in it. (laughs) That thing worked so horribly. Oh (laughs) my god! And it had this rubber band that actually turned the wheel. Seriously, it was what? an actual rubber band that turned the wheel in it. And it was just it was probably the hokiest thing I've ever had on my house of all time. It was not a Panasonic. I don't even know what brand it was, but it was this, no name. this hokey energy recovery ventilator that just didn't work. They've gotten so much better over the years. Yeah, they, they have. And you can
1: still see some of those old climate zone maps that say, you know, if you're if you're in the southeast. You can't, you only need an ERV if you're in the other areas, only an HRV, but the technology Mm -hmm. has changed a lot over the years and the energy recovery ventilators are a lot higher quality that, uh, you know, we've even got some units up in Alaska that have been performing really well. But yeah, those older models were uh, that wheel. The thing about those wheels, too, is there's potential cross contamination because as that wheel rotates, it captures some air and then it rotates back around and that air can come back in. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> nice. It was just,
0: I pulled that thing open and I was, you know, this is probably, geez, 15, 20 years ago when I bought the house. I pulled this thing open to service it. Nobody'd ever touched it for 20 years. Yeah. Oh, and I was just God. like, what is this disaster? I mean, this was like early 2000s, but it was, it was a hot mess and I could never get it working right. It finally just tore it out. Cause it was, it was just like an open duct out into the room, into the air. It was just, oh horrible. yeah. And I, I'm well, sure it had it. zero filtration. <laughs> no. And they hooked it into the garage. It was pulling the air out of the garage, which was worse. Oh my God. <laughs> so it was just like, okay, this is a really bad idea. This is a really bad idea.
2: Just to touch but, on the weather, so- the cl- I want to touch on the climate zone that he was talking about, Eric. So, yeah. and we're having this influx, like talk about Eric's in Oregon, right? And they had 115 degree temps, 108 degree temps. Like this, yep. these climate variations, I mean, in the Northeast, we're having 100% humidity. I mean, 100 degree temps, this is all, you know, running rampant. So when people are trying to decide what they need for what zone, does that matter that we're having these climate differentials and how does that impact what you're purchasing?
1: It does. You know, when you, you know, probably 15 years ago, if you were to go to New York city, hardly (laughs) anybody had air conditioners, right? Right. Very few people. San Francisco too. Yeah. But now you see that trend It's changing a lot. You know, we're, I think that part of it is climate. Part of it is uh, the way that our work habits have changed you know we're we're' don't, we don't have as many people that work outdoors all of the time and our tolerance level i think for heat and cool we've gotten used to it being yeah. cooler right we like it to be cooler in our indoor environments than than we did years ago <laughs>
2: we're spoiled,
0: spoiled. Yeah. well yeah i mean here's the thing like in great example portland oregon right we're in my neighborhood here you know i've got air air conditioning in my house it works really well but about 45 to 50% of the people don't have it. And our heat wave that we had in June, I mean, it went through here, and our, our high was 117. Our old world record for hottest day was 107 from, like, 1981. And we lost about 600 people now. We thought it was 120, but it was 600 people is what the New York Times came out this last week with because they did a deeper study on it went, no. That number's about 600. And so it's a big deal out there. And, you know, it's, of course, people are paying much more attention to this now.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are, uh, are appreciating the new technologies too. That's especially a popular area for the mini split air conditioners is to be able to install one of those relatively inexpensively compared to having ductwork run throughout your whole house And it is something that we've been relatively successful with is, you know, promoting installing a mini-split air conditioner into one of the bigger rooms of the house and then using our bathroom exhaust fans as transfer fans. So you would just install one of those fans in that room where the air conditioner is and then utilize that to just transfer air to some of the other spaces. So... That is something, And I'm going that,
2: to be teacher again. I'm sorry. I'm teacher. Just yep. explain to people what <laughs> mini splits are because we know what mini splits are, right? But a lot of our audience doesn't. Yep. So just right. to give them an idea what a mini split is. So the mini
1: split, I guess the, the thing that you've seen that's most like a mini split is if you've been to a hotel room and they've got a unit that's mm-hmm. mounted on the wall. I think that they would call those actually a PTAC. But it includes yep. uh, all of the unit in, in one. Well, that includes in one. With a mini split, you've got the outdoor condenser, and then you've got the indoor unit is is just one head unit that air conditions the entire space. Um,
0: Yeah, they're a little more sexy now than they used to be. They
1: are, yeah. They
2: look good. Mm -hmm. And (laughs)
1: there's ways to conceal them now so that you can actually have uh, ducted ones that you don't have that kind of commercial or industrial looking device in your house. And people have gotten a lot more careful than maybe they'll put it up above a bookcase and they have some slats or something to kind of hide the, the unit back behind it. But that's, it's becoming very, very popular. Um, But with that comes more of the, the humidity and moisture challenges as well that it addresses some of them, but sometimes it creates, creates new challenges because now you have some potentially cooler spaces within the house. And if the air is not distributed evenly and you're pulling in some hot, humid area from outdoors you've got some opportunities to create condensation in the corners of the walls for Mm -hmm. example yeah
0: that makes sense so i got a question for you russell if you're a homeowner and you're gonna swap out a fan and they're on you know the panasonic webpage, and they go on there and they see about 30 different fans on there it can be overwhelming for many people that are just going i just i need a fan what do i get i mean you've got all these different ones in there from the, you know, Whisper Quiet, Whisper Ceiling, Whisper cent. all these different things going on. What's the best way for, for you know, a homeowner to navigate that? Because, you know, the professional knows they're going to come in and do their work if someone's paying to have someone put one in. Mm-hmm. But for that DIYer out there, what's the best way to navigate that? So the best way is to kind of get an idea of what you have in the
1: space up above that fan. Uh, but, Typically, the the fan that we have designed specifically for remodeling is our Whisper Fit. And we just talked a little bit earlier about some of the changes we've made. Quiet fans, energy-efficient fans. Uh, The Whisper Fit used to be an AC motor fan, but we just recently have transitioned that to a DC motor fan to be a lot more energy-efficient. But that's the one that's easiest to install in most cases with the remodel application. And you can do that from the room side. It's got a bracket that you can can put in from the room side. You can put it up in and secure it to the brackets and replace the, the fan really quickly. Um, a lot of the other fans can be a little bit more complicated. So it is good to do a little bit of research before you just... It's a terrible idea to just go to the <laughs> store and buy a fan because half the time it, it won't fit or there's wiring challenges or something that you have to deal with.
0: So uh, that's another concern. Well, great example of my house. I put one of the whisper green selects in, which is great with the light and it's great, but I, I was a little limited on what I could do. And I got it in there. It's a remodel. And I didn't have an access up into that spot because of the contemporary house I have, there's no access up into it. Got the old one out, got it in there, but I had to get a little creative because I didn't, it was going to be a real massive job to run like a control wire and everything else up in there. So it, it was a little more of a challenge, but it did work. And man, that thing, Works awesome. It cranks out. You know, the other thing to pay attention to is that uh, those old fans have a really tiny output vent on them. And when you go put a real CFM moving, you know, fan hmm. in, that ducting is probably going to be a different size for you. So you got to plan, yeah, it's good to, to plan ahead it. into that part of the project. You should replace yeah.
2: your, you should replace your, when you use one of these fans, definitely put in new ductwork going out through the roof or wherever you're you know go into a sidewall some of the units don't have to go up through the roof you can go through the wall if you have access right
1: yeah the 3 inch duct is very challenging in fact i've i've lobbied a few times to say let's not even talk about you know using our fans with 3 inch duct because it's it's almost like saying you know you can haul a a tractor trailer with your vw you know it's just
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not good and it's you, you just lose that it's i always tell people it's like drinking your big, large Uh-oh. milkshake with the little tiny coffee straw. Right. It just doesn't work well. <laughs> yeah. That's why they give you a spoon with a frosty because you can't drink it through the straw. <laughs> exactly. But it's the same science. You know, it's just, you're just not going to put that 20 pounds of mud in the 10 pounds. Right.
2: Sack. you want to talk about the giveaway, Eric? I think we should mention what's happening.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. So what we're going to do, we're going to make this giveaway really easy this week because you know, I made it a little hard over the last couple of weeks, which I I, I might have created too many hoops for us. So I to all of our listening audience out there, I apologize for the, uh, for the excess hoop jumping, but thanks for playing along. But we're, we're going to make, make this one really simple. simple. Yeah, this is simple. You're just going to have to jump over to aroundthehouseonline.com and fill out the contest page. No keywords, no special things this week. Just jump on there, fill it out enter for a chance to win. And let's talk about what we're giving away, Russell, because uh, awesome. this is pretty cool. And, and this is going to be something that's going to be easy for you remodelers out there and DIY homeowners to be able to put in.
1: Yeah. So it, it is the WhisperFit DC fan that I just mentioned. Um, and we'll give mm-hmm. you a choice of models. So whoever wins, you, nice. you can get in touch with them and, and we'll be flexible. We've got the choice of condensation sensing, Uh, models, or if they wanted a light with it, we'll we can go ahead and be flexible with those. But it really is, it's a really good, it's really the premium fan that's available in the market for remodeling. Now, and if we really wanted to go on a stretch and they wanted a little bit more complicated installation, we might even consider Uh upgrading them to a Whisper Green Select, just because (laughs) we know it's the best, right?
0: <laughs> I love mine I know my the mine is such a monster cuz you know I have that steam room. I have a, oh, a Thermosol steam that. shower. He's got so a steam. So have this, this guy. Yeah, so I put in this very cool. It's got a it's made by Thermosol. It's a digital touchscreen that controls all my shower stuff in there. So I swipe it to open it up, hit my I can literally hit my settings on it and it has, you know, my temperature, what shower head and then I can go over and watch Netflix or whatever on it while I'm in there. I can have a steam shower, but I tell you <laughs> what, baby. when you have that, it's that fan is so important in that room because talk about overloading and steam. I can get that 110 degrees in there and it's totally steamed up. And then when you open that door up, man, you are force loading steam in there. And I have so much steam going up through that fan that when the room's at 70 degrees, I'll get condensation, even on the grill, it's not dripping from my top because I know what I've got up there, but I'm getting water dripping off the grill just because of all the, the super high humidity that's going up through that. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah.
2: Poor baby. <laughs> you in your poor steam shower. Oh. <laughs> he calls me and he's like, oh, you know, it's the end of the day. We're talking our notes. And he says, you know, I'm just going to go take a steam shower and watch Netflix in the shower. I'm like, you poor oh, baby.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Piece of work.
0: Well, I'd like to. It's nice, you know, it's nice. It's this old body is taking a beating. It's nice to be able to relax before I go to bed at night. So it's how it goes. Right. It's how it goes. And, and I'll be honest, uh, I'll be the first person on that talking about a little health and wellness there, which is Caroline's jam. But, uh, man, I didn't think I was going to enjoy that like I did. I thought, ah, oh, it's steam shower. That's cool. I, I got a touch screen. I can watch ESPN while I'm in the shower or something. No big deal. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. All right. This is good for my allergies, you know?
2: And then so, he's got his I, I Panasonic cool. on, taking out all the steam. So there you go. Right. It's a nice, See, it's a to nice go. synergy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we can, act, to go. we can act like we're jealous, but I heard one of the favorite things that I've heard is somebody said, you can have whatever you want. You just can't have everything <laughs> you want.
2: <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I have a sports hey, car, so he can have a shower. I have a sports car. There I you got go. my shower.
0: You got your sports car. <laughs> Even though Caroline's thinking about putting a shower in too, so we'll be I honest. Am. So.
2: <laughs> I have too much stress in life. I, I work with Eric. I've got a lot of stress.
0: A couple other questions like with ERVs and stuff, Russell, I know we, we're talking bath fans, but I know it's one of those things that, that homeowners don't really understand as much as you see a simple bath fan. And like right across the river from me, I can drive 25 minutes from my house. And now I'm in Washington state where we got a big listening audience. And those guys there are now requiring those with decent sized remodels that now you have to retrofit that into the whole house. So maybe you're doing a kitchen remodel in Washington state, you pull your building permit and they're like, oh, by the way, you've got to put an ERV in because you you hit that limit on the size of the project in your home that you need to do that. And I know there's plenty of homeowners And builders and remodelers are like, how do we get to this point? What do we have to do?
1: Yeah, So a lot of that would be dependent upon the size of the house. What is really good is we've got a really quick and kind of easy solution with the Whisper Comfort ERV. So that's actually one that's, uh, it's ceiling insert, just like a bathroom exhaust fan would be. And it has a, a supply and an exhaust duct and it will do either 20 or 40 CFM. So one of those will do, you know, a lot of the houses. If you needed to do two units, you could potentially do that if it was a bigger house and you needed to meet uh, a little bit higher airflows. The other ones are the Intellibalance energy recovery ventilator that's got, you know, four ducts. It's a little bit more complicated to do the installation, but it's also a lot better system and that's when you can get you know, really creative and do things like supply fresh air to the bedroom, for example. You know, one of the things that I've noticed with the indoor air quality sensors is I'm a polluter, bad, like at night. <laughs> and it's the, it's the COC, you know, the carbon dioxide <laughs> and the VOCs. It's not the here. gases stuff that you're thinking about.
2: You <laughs> came in the bomb, Russell. I don't feel so bad. Russell's in my camp now. Right. A bomb.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. And we talk about the traditional places that you put, a you know, exhaust fans in the bathroom. But one of the areas that needs more attention is providing fresh air to the bedrooms at night while we're sleeping, because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. You can look at the history and the indoor air quality consistently will increase about two hours after you go to sleep and it will stay that Mm -hmm. way until you wake up in the morning and you, you know, you open the door and you start moving around to other places of the house because you're just not exchanging the air much in that bedroom.
0: Mm And see that excess of carbon dioxide makes me sleepy. So it works really well. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the,
1: uh, you know, a couple of the energy recovery ventilator options, but you're right. A lot of codes are driving these changes. Multifamily with the concerns as well. uh, It's really important to be able to create some pressure boundaries and barriers, right? You don't want to open your door and pull in a lot of air from the hallway, for example, So one of the things Mm -hmm. that you can do with the Panasonic energy recovery ventilators is you can actually supply a larger amount of air from outside than you're exhausting. So you could supply 100 CFM and exhaust 70, for example, and that will help create a little bit of positive Mm -hmm. pressure inside your space to keep you from pulling air Mm -hmm. in through the wall from your neighbor or from the hallway, for example.
0: Yeah, well, it's amazing. I had um, Julie when we first started dating. She had a townhouse. And, you know, being in Oregon where pot is legal on the local <laughs> level, that neighbor that was kind of on the shared wall, but not, not under us. But, you know, we had kind of a common wall that went through the building and they were in the, on the other one. And there's a plumbing wall and that dude would smoke up his room. And man, <laughs> oh you would that you would smell that smoke coming up into the powder room, even though he was not directly below us. He was in the one floor down. Next to us, man, in that multi-family type of townhome setting, mm-hmm. we were getting plenty of air infiltration in there <laughs> just coming from that. And the wrong air. You don't normally see that, but it was like, it was like its own, you know, blower door test you're like oh, well, i know what that is and that's not coming oh my- from here well you'd rather leave that bathroom
1: with a uh, a snack attack than you would with uh, the worries of getting a, a virus or something right you'd rather get that contact high exactly. and be hungry than get somebody's virus <laughs> oh my
0: god <laughs> last thing i need to be is hungry now. so that was the bad part <laughs> Oh man, I, I gotta put an ERV in. I keep going to Taco Bell at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. And one of the things that too, if you've got a if you're a homeowner out there and just a quick maintenance dip, no matter what brand you have out there, if you know you've got one of these in your your new house, quite frankly, when was the last time you checked or changed the filter in that thing? Hmm. Cause we talk all the time about changing the filter in your heating and cooling system. Mm-hmm. But it's a forgotten thing that hey, there's more than one. It's almost like the the cabin filter in your car. When was the last time that you uh, changed the air filter that's inside your car? It gets forgotten in a house with the ERV filters. My sits. clients
2: don't like to change their filters. They remind me of this constantly. What? What do you mean I have a filter? What? I've got to change my my vacuum bag filter? I'm like, Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> like- well we uh, we annoy those that don't like to change the filters unless they can figure out <laughs> that they can turn off the filter alarm because it is There we go. Yeah,
0: no, it's no, one no, of the things it.
1: that we when I during the development that. of our energy recovery ventilators they said people forget to change the filter. so we incorporated a filter alarm so it's kind of this annoying chirp. That reminds
0: bomb. them. <laughs> so it only goes off between I 2 and that. 4 a.m., right? Yes. That's when it goes off 2 to 4 a.m., and I'll only chirp. They make
2: my life, my job, so much easier. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that people forget all the time, because I can't tell you how many times I've brought it up, people go, what? There's a filter?
2: You know. They don't know anything. They don't want to mind about it.
0: It was funny. One of the old, um, the TV show that I do here locally, I I show up on our local Fox affiliate and do home improvement tips every few weeks. Probably three years ago, the morning show host, I went over to her house and we changed out her air filter and it'd been two and a half years for this little one inch filter. And I could have made a cool quilt out of it, but you know, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things that people just absolutely forget. Now I had one question for you too, Russell, and I've run into this too, with with homeowners in humid areas that are cool, like in Seattle, I ran into this early on, where people are running their bath fan, but they're getting in the winter time water dripping out of the fan. Mm-hmm. And I know there's multiple reasons that can happen. What are your recommendations that you've run into with that? So one of the things that we always recommend is if it's in the
1: bathroom, install it directly above the shower or the tub. So that if it yep. does leak, it drips leak. into the space. Um, you know, people. Mm-hmm. will It is a common question. People are like our bathroom fans leaking, and I say, did you check the plumbing fixture? Right? Did you did you check mm-hmm. the plumbing connection? <laughs> but it's it, yeah, guess. it is the uh, it's the ductwork. So a lot of times, what you'll find is the fan will be off, for example, and mm-hmm. you're getting. A, the builder used a low quality backdraft damper, for example, and it hangs open. You get this cold air that's coming in through the duct and it's getting the inside of that ductwork really cold. You take a hot, steamy shower and the next thing you know, you're forming condensation inside that ductwork. And then when you turn it off, then that condensation runs back down the line and it drips back into the bathroom. So a lot of times what we'll recommend is Turn it on for a really low speed all of the time, so that maybe you're exhausting 30 cfm continuously. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that you've got really good insulation around the can. If you've got it in an attic that's uninsulated, make sure that the the can itself or the housing of the fan is insulated well, and uh, fix that backdraft damper that's you know bringing yeah. cold air into yeah. your house.
0: Do you recommend an insulated duct going out or what are your thoughts on that between, you know, you see some guys that go in there with the white vinyl, corrugated, hmm. horrible stuff. You see guys go in there with metal that's not insulated. You say you guys go in there with flex. You know, I've seen it done about 100 different ways. Yeah,
1: Anytime it's going through space that is not conditioned, anytime it's going through unconditioned space, then we certainly recommend insulated duct work because it will form condensation. And even if it doesn't leak inside your bathroom or doesn't work its way back into the house, it's almost worse to form inside the attic space. And you've got that moisture leaking down that, you know, then it builds up a long-term potential problem that Caroline's probably seen plenty of examples of that.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, you know, I have to say in my 20 years and 30,000 houses that I've looked at, I really haven't seen too many bathroom fan issues. I mean, it, it's, it's very rare. I think there has to be a a magic thing that's going on, or or also just a lot of the attic space is just so tight. And mm-hmm. And they are, I mean, listen, it's becoming more of a problem. They're tightening all these attic spaces. And we've got to have some kind of conditioning, whether it's a dehumidifier up there, you can't tighten that envelope so much and then not let that air, you know. Right. Well, so.
0: Caroline, you had that one client that you shared those pictures with me where they had run the oh white God. vinyl duct up and then they went into a basically a an <laughs> HVAC, a, a, a HVAC boot that you'd go into a register and they screwed that next to the roof vent in the attic, hoping that that would kick it out and up into oh that. And I'm just Russell. like.
2: It was like, dear I Lord, looked-
0: people, what are you doing?
2: <laughs> my client called me. She's like, I think something's wrong with my, they installed attic fans and charged her like $4,000. And I'm like, okay. And she sends us these pictures. And the one was they took a bathroom. What was that fan? Remember they took like an old antiquated fan. They told her they put a new fan in and gave her an old fan and then just didn't well, even kept- look it. Like it went right kept- into the attic. Yeah,
0: they kept. They kept the old fan. It looked like maybe in there, but they slid in an inline fan in the ductwork in the vinyl. So I'm like, okay, that's gonna collapse with that vinyl. And it was like halfway up on the wall on a two by four, and they had the 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 suction was that was that just really cheesy, you know, white vinyl corrugated,
2: <laughs> We've you know, seen slinky it all, material.
0: Eric oh, and I have seen rough.
2: everything possible. Have we not?
0: We have, we have.
2: <laughs> hey, I had a question for you too.
0: What is a good application going on your website? I didn't even know you guys made this. So before we run out here and we run out of time, you guys have that whisper recessed led designer fan light. That thing is sexy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> something that I really advocate, especially for those, the half baths, right? So if it's just yeah. in water closet. That w- yeah. why install a, I re- hate when you walk in and it's a little, what, four by six foot room and you look up and there's, yeah you know, there's an air conditioner register coming out. Then you've got a recessed can light and then you've got a bathroom exhaust fan that kind of looks out of place. A lot of times they run out of room for it. It's not really centered. Just do the recessed LED and have that be, you know, your light source and your fan to exhaust that
0: space. The designer in me goes, oh, that is so cool yeah. because now I don't have to have this big, you know, 12 by 12, you know, screen up there. It's hidden. All it looks like is a light to most people anyway, but it's going to move the right amount of air and get it out there for a bathroom, you know, where you're just trying to get pollutants out of there and not so much moisture.
1: Yeah, and if you notice, no we more. have the uh, the accessory that goes with that is <laughs> just. <laughs>
2: just the box so
1: you can get just the recessed can box that you could use for uh, a supply register where you're supplying air into a space or exhaust if you've got the erv <laughs> to be able to utilize that recessed can light as a pickup for supplier exhaust air also
0: nice nice yeah that i saw that and i'm like oh man i'm not designing projects like i was anymore but i'm like man, there's dozens of projects I could have used that on 10 years ago, you know, five years ago that uh, that would have been a really good fit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I always ask our construction guys. I'm like, do you ever call on the lighting designer that works for the builder? Because mm. I don't think that they do, right? The lighting designer designs nope. all the lights and then they, they just kind of throw in a fan there. I'm like, you need to go talk to the lighting designers about the bathroom fans because the other factor is, the light quality now of bathroom fans has gotten so much better. You used to never oh my gosh. even consider using a yeah. bathroom fan as your as one of the primary light sources, but they're really nice now. They're bright, you know, and dimmable and um, you can yeah. actually utilize I, I that, that as the primary light source in some cases.
0: I actually use it in mine, uh, you know, when I'm just going in and take a shower because it's right next to the shower. But I've also got the Rockstar lights in there with all the LEDs in the shower oh, itself. Oh, so here I just we need go again, that, bragger. No, 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 but, it's, it's, but it. it <laughs> I'm just saying it lights the bathroom so well enough. I don't have to have the big overheads on for that. I can have that. And for this shower, it, it, you're right. It works really well. There's a lot of light that comes out of that Panasonic square LED panel mm-hmm. on that. And it doesn't look like it would do much,
2: but it cranks. <laughs> Ambiance in the bathroom. Yeah,
1: we're actually, they're not available yet. They're being shipped, but part of that Whisper uh, Fit DC line, we've got the color temperature adjusting. I think we've got 3,000, 4,000,
0: or
2: 5,000. That's awesome. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's That's cool because that makes
0: it so, you're not, because, you know, originally, geez, when I was first using Panasonic, they were all uh, fluorescent pieces in it back in the Mm -hmm. day. And then we ended up going into this, but being able to tweak around that color temperature, it's That's great. super cool. Yeah.
2: And women were That's weird. Great. Like women when we have guests, I kind of like to highlight the bathroom. I always put the light like I have just a, a soft light so people kind of can find their way. It just gives a little ambiance. So it's good. We like yeah. that. Women like that.
0: Yeah, we, we we And then before No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, i was just going to say now it's 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 smart to have that because even guys, I got some friends that are super geeky on color temperature. Like, <laughs> I've got to have that forty five hundred color temperature, and I'm talking to you, Ryan. And it's, <laughs> his whole house has got this super bright light, and I'm like, "All right, that's it's your jam." But <laughs> your jam. people have that need; it is a big deal. Yeah. But uh, one last question before I have another question for you here. But the whisper wall that that through the wall ventilation is that great for just moving air between? Two different rooms, if you've got a room that's hot that you're trying to move around, or is that better for, for doing stuff where you're trying to move air outside? So it's more for moving air outside because that it's
1: that's a big fan, right? But I, yeah. I think that most of the time that those are being utilized is when we're somebody's doing a complicated remodel, and the only way to exhaust that bathroom is through an exterior wall. And there's mm-hmm. space above them, for example, it, it's multifamily, or it's just too hard to get up and provide exhaust to the roof. That's where they're using that whisper wall fan to just mount it right on the sidewall and exhaust it. I think a lot of times people actually use that for sheds and stuff too, or a garage fan.
2: Yeah. That's a a garage. That's what I was going to say. I've recommended it to my clients for garage. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If you've got that, you know, if you're in a condo or something, you got that concrete slab ceiling for the unit above, where it's really hard to go out and maybe you're really limited on where you can actually run that duct and and keep the uh, condo association happy or anything like that, that actually works pretty well. And fire
1: codes too. You know, anytime you mess with the, you know, anytime you're touching that barrier between those two occupied spaces, there could be some pretty stringent requirements for,
0: uh, for control of the fire, fire spread. (laughs) All right, Russell. So what, questions have we not asked that you still want to touch on today?
1: So I think that the only thing is to touch on some of those umbrellas, the umbrella policy that you need to address for your (laughs) indoor air quality. And even though we Mm -hmm. don't manufacture like uh, dehumidifiers, for example, keep an eye on those things. And, you know, you can get a humidity sensor that's really inexpensive. And, you know, we strongly advocate dehumidification. Some areas Humidify, but don't overhumidify. So you know, to control those things, especially with the viruses. You want to make sure that you're kind of keeping that forty to sixty percent relative humidity is that kind of the safe zone uh, for the health of the mm-hmm. house, the humans as well. Uh, filtration, you definitely want to focus on filtration. Like you mentioned, you had the ERV years ago. I'm sure it was just like an open hole in the wall. So. You are probably oh. doing more harm than good by bringing in so much particulate matter that then you were just having to filter that out through your air handler. Uh, it was horrible. Yeah. And your air handling equipment, so your heating and air conditioning systems, they used to have filters to protect the equipment, right? And now we're wanting to protect the people in the house. So you want to, you know, get, utilize the highest filter that your equipment will handle. And if you need to add supplemental filtration for the, for the occupant health, um, and, anywhere and you what it
2: means use by filtration. that filter that, oh, go ahead.
0: yeah, that, go ahead. that 99 cent filter is there to protect the equipment. That's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
2: And also when we're talking about filtration, I wanted to just add with what Russell was saying is that anywhere you can use filtration in the home, it's imperative. So people just think filter HVAC, right? That's the traditional, but you've got filters on your vacuum. You've got filters on dehumidifiers now. You have filtration on your ERV or HRV. So you need to be utilizing as much filtration to help get a really good level, especially in a home because we can't traditionally put HEPA filtration or that really deep filtration in a space, right? Because it creates too much uh, static pressure on our HVAC. So anywhere you can put filters, put them. And that's why I, I like trying to encourage people to do that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even treating the outdoor air. So the fresh air that you're bringing into the house, you know, people used to say, open the window. Well, if you're in the city, there's heavy Mm -hmm. traffic outside. It's not a good idea to just open the window. right?
0: Yep. Yeah. All of a sudden you're putting in worse air than you have inside. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It can happen. Certainly.
0: All right, Russell, thanks for coming on today. What's the best place for people to see, all the Panasonic stuff, is that just jumping on the web? Yeah,
1: Panasonic ventilation is the best place to go and look at everything. And uh, I think we've had some great topics. We could talk again, certainly, about some of the other newer technologies that we've got coming out. Uh, so look for those. And, uh, you know, we want to focus on all those other things, not just dilucent not just as the solution, but uh, indoor air quality sensing <laughs> yeah. and filtration and air purification, all those different things that we want to treat under that.
2: And this is where it's going. I mean, look, with COVID, I think it just pushed us to the forefront. But now we recognize this is here to stay. So just because we're dealing with COVID and COVID may go away, we recognize that the future of dealing with virus, dealing with bacteria, dealing with mold is creating really good indoor air quality. And so that's how we're going to make a healthy home. Absolutely. And thanks to Russell. Thanks, Russell.
0: Thank you. All right, thanks, Russell, for coming on today. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll get you on next time again. This is uh, the first of many conversations with you, my friend. All right, take care. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around Around the the House. House.